What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you don't have a clear curriculum for your classroom, it is so overwhelming to try to put that together yourself. Spending hours on Pinterest and Google pulling worksheets and pulling pieces of curriculum together to make something that works for your classroom. That's why we created the Autism Helper Curriculum and now offer Curriculum Access. Curriculum Access gets you access to all levels and all subjects of the highly differentiated evidence-based Autism Helper Curriculum. You can have students working on letter identification and working on parts of speech at the same time in our easy-to-use curriculum. We currently have hundreds of teachers using Curriculum Access from all over the world with consistently rave reviews. I want you to join that group of teachers. Now is the time to ask your administrators for curriculum access. We have an email template ready to go so you can ask them to set up a demo. Your administrators can jump on a live call with our team members to see everything that's included in the Autism Helper curriculum access. Next year, let's reduce the overwhelm. Let's start the year out with a path and a plan and resources to meet all the diverse needs of your students. Let's make next year the year of curriculum access. Head over to the show notes to learn more. Hi, I'm Sasha Long, special ed teacher and board certified behavior analyst. Welcome to the Autism Helper Podcast. I'm here to explore different strategies to improve the lives of individuals with autism. Welcome back to the Autism Helper Podcast, and we are continuing on with our ABA mini-series. So I'm sharing these short and sweet little episodes on one specific concept within the world of applied behavior analysis and getting to chat with a ton of amazing BCBAs along the way. Today, I'm welcoming back school-based BCBA, Abby Mix. I love getting to chat with Abby because she has such great experience as a consultant and has worked with so many different teachers, so I love getting to talk ABA with her. Today, we are kind of geeking out over one of our favorite topics. We are chatting about teaching the tolerance of delay and denial, so we're kind of channeling our inner Dr. Greg Hanley, which if you're in the ABA world, you know who I'm talking about. 
I have tons of links in the show notes to Dr. Hanley's research and his website. So definitely check that out because we can by no means cover this topic in full in a little 15 minute episode, but we wanted to give you a taste. We wanted to pique your interest and really get the wheels turning to start to think about what this skill could look like that we're talking about and how to teach it. So let's just jump right in and we'll explain it with loads of examples. Hi, Abby. Thank you so much for joining me and congrats on being the second person to be on the podcast two times. I'm excited to have you back. Oh, thank you. I'm excited to uh, hold that title. (laughs) And we're talking about one of my favorite topics, and I'm pretty sure you really love talking about this topic too. We are talking today about tolerance of delay and denial. And this is Abby and I were just chatting. This is something we could talk for many hours about, but we're going to keep it short and sweet today. (laughs) So to get started, can you explain kind of even what delay and denial means in this context? Yes. Um, So delay means you can't get what you want right now. It's coming soon, but you're going to have to wait just a little bit. Um, And then denial means what you want is just not available in this moment. And I, I can't even put a time on it or time frame to say, oh, it's going to be available um, at a later date. It's just that right now, it's a no. So and why is this skill hard? Yes. Well, let's think about it. No one really likes that, right? Um, no one really likes when they can't get what they want. I know I don't. Yeah, um, I don't but- either that ability to handle disappointment when you're not, when you can't get what you want or when you have to be done with something that you want. Cause that's sort of the other piece of it. It's not always just that you can't get what you want or you're told no, it's that you're doing something that you really like and it's time to be done. No one really likes that. Um, but we can handle it with some skills. We, we handle our disappointment. And when we see that students aren't doing this, it's often because it's a skill deficit and something that we need to teach. So it's something they just don't know how to do yet. Yeah, it's a, think of this, it's like a behavior. Um, Handling something with a little bit of grace, um, even when you feel really bummed out, really disappointed, that is a skill and a behavior that just doesn't have a history of being reinforced. It's like when you have to turn off Real Housewives and go do the dishes, but you're like, okay, I've done Mm -hmm. this before. I know I will you know, get to contact this reinforcer again in the future and the other reinforcer of being finished with the dishes yes. is going to be there. Yes. But that takes some time, right? It does. It really does. Um, when I'm talking to teachers and staff about students who have challenging behavior, it's one of the most common things I hear about. The most, One of the most common antecedents that happen before the behavior is they'll say, oh, it's when you tell the student no or when the student can't get what they want. So I'm hearing this so often, and I know that what I'm hearing is that when a student's reinforcers are delayed or denied, it's triggering a problem behavior. And this kind of whole phrase, tolerance of delay and denial, what does that tolerance here mean? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, So I don't think that we need to think of tolerance as the student being really, really excited about it. Um, They don't need to be pumped and happy that that something they like is ending. But I think about it more like just accepting, being okay with it. Because somewhere between being super pumped that I can't get what I want and engaging in a problem behavior lies a happy medium, like an appropriate behavior where maybe they just say, 
okay, there might be like a heavy sigh involved. Um, maybe they shrug their shoulders. Uh, some students might just give a thumbs up like, okay. It doesn't have to be that they're really thrilled. It's just that they're, they're hearing this news and they're just kind of calmly responding. And I like the way you said that, that it, you know, it, it really shouldn't be an excited response because we're not excited to give up something we like. Like that's not natural. It would be very odd to teach someone to when, Hey, your iPad's done. And they're like, woohoo, I right. finished. Right. <laughs> you know, that's not something if you have children, you know, your own kids would never do that. Never, never. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So how is this something that we even approach starting to teach? So this is kind of a tricky part at first uh, for teams to wrap their minds around. And it's the first tricky part in teaching this, this process. I'll talk later, maybe about the second tricky part. But the first part that's tricky is that before we can even get to teaching the skill of tolerating or accepting the delay or denial of access to reinforcers, we first have to teach a student to ask for it appropriately. And what that looks like is obviously individualized for the student. So for some students, it could be vocal. For some students, it could be a sign. For some students, it could be picture or an AAC device, whatever it is. They have to ask for it and, and gain access to it that way before we move forward. And not only do we have to teach them a modality to ask for it, but they need to become so fluent at asking for it that they don't need any prompts from us. We're not having to say anything. They're just doing it. They're pulling the skill seemingly out of thin air, and they're not having to go engage in problem behavior to get their needs met. When we see that, that's when we know, okay, they've gotten really good at asking for what they want. Now we can begin this process. Because we want them to reliably know that this communication method works. Like there's no room for miscommunication. Like I've got you. Whenever you use this visual, you're getting the iPad or you're getting to go to the trampoline. Like there's no potential miscommunication. They, they've got it. Yes. And the other part when, when teens are teaching this is they get so excited and I'm right there with them. I'm usually like, we're so happy to see the student excelling in this skill it's really kind of scary to think that we're going to 
we're going to stop that skill or we're going to do something to mess this up because we're getting this momentum and the student is um, making appropriate requests and they're happy and our everybody's world is better. And then suddenly we're like, and now we're going to say no. <laughs> but why is that important? Well, if you think about it, none of us can get what we want whenever we want all the time. So this isn't about like, you know, just randomly throwing no at students because we, we want them to be done or we think they've had enough. It's that in real life, there are just times when you can't get what you want because let's say the iPad battery has died or it's crashed. Or once I worked with a student, we would buy these bags of um, suckers and he only liked the green ones. Well, guess what? Sometimes the green ones were just gone. And so when he would want that green sucker, it's not that we were choosing to say no to him. It's that the nature of whatever the activity was, and in this case, it was eating green suckers, they were just gone. We, we didn't have a choice. It was, and we need students to know that in those moments, um, it's, it's okay, that we're going we're gonna to look at other options or we're going to move on to another activity. But ultimately, I don't know if we're going to set kids up for a realistic um, life and adulthood if they don't learn this particular thing, that I can ask for what I want, but then sometimes what I want just is not available. Yeah, absolutely. The example I sometimes give in trainings is, you know, you would never just like walk up to your principal and be like, money, please give me money. Like they'd be like, what the heck? Like you don't just get to like walk up to whoever you want and ask for something at that time. There's usually contingencies in place for when you get different reinforcers. And then, you know, like you said, sometimes they're just not available. Like the iPad dies or we're out of green suckers. Right. And we want to, you know, like like you said, prepare our students for that, for for real life, because that is part of just natural contingencies. Right. And sometimes we need the student to actually just get off the iPad because there are other things we need to do. Yeah, absolutely. So along that line, um, if you don't mind, I do want to say one little thing about this whole this whole teaching process. Um, this difficulty that students might have with waiting for access to preferred items or, you know, when being told no, they can't have something, it is often accompanied by the direction that they need to engage in instruction or they have to follow some kind of direction. And I want to clarify when we get into this concept that teaching students to tolerate or accept delay or denial of their preferred activities is not about forced compliance. Our goal should not be just to make students do things because we said so. Um, if a student is indicating that they don't want to do something that we're asking them to do, whether they're saying no, whether they're asking for a break, or maybe they're demonstrating a problem behavior, the very first thing we should do, instead of jumping to, oh, we got to teach them to tolerate no, the first thing I would like to see people doing is looking at what might be so aversive about the activity that we're presenting. So asking, is it too difficult? Is it too easy? Is it too boring? Is it not reinforcing enough? Have we embedded their interests? Absolutely. And, you know, actually, as you were saying that, too, I was thinking that so often this this process of teaching like, OK, well, the iPad is done and now we have to go do something else. We can kind of even separate those out, too. Like it shouldn't always be like, hey, you know, we're teaching, you know, delay or denial or right now you don't get access to what you want and you have to go do something you don't like instead. We can really pull those apart and offer secondary reinforcers or other preferred activities too. It doesn't have to be now let's switch to something that you really don't like. Right. Because that's a pretty hard jump. Um, and I also want to share that I guess my perspective is that when a student is protesting, whether it's vocally or through some other means, I view it like they're advocating for themselves. 
And I think that we should honor that, not that we have to honor their protest necessarily, but we should honor the fact that they're advocating because our goal isn't to create individuals who are just still and quiet and docile. Uh, we want to yeah. make sure that we are teaching students to advocate for what they want, uh, being able to ask for what they want, but also being able to be okay with when what they want just isn't available at this, at this time. Yes, I love that because that's not the real world either. None of us just go around and agree with everything every anyone tells us to do. Like, absolutely not. No. And in some cases, it could be dangerous. So yeah, we need a balance. Advantage of. Yeah, yes, we need a balance. So the million dollar question then, how do we figure out that balance or start to even figure out that yes. balance? So at this point, um, if, if you're a teacher or another provider or staff who's going down this road, you've looked at the activities you're presenting and you've really tried to make sure that they're fun and engaging, they're a good instructional match and the student's contacting reinforcement and you've taught, you've taught the student how to ask for what they want and they've gotten so good at it, like really, really good. Now we're going to move into actually teaching the delay and denial tolerance. And what I'm going to recommend might be a little different than other strategies. Um, I'm not going to necessarily in this moment today be talking about slowly increasing the amount of time between the student's request and when you provide them with what they ask for. I think there's probably people who are familiar with those strategies and those can be effective. Absolutely. Um, but instead, what I'm going to talk about is teaching students how to demonstrate a calmer response when they hear that they can't have what they want in that exact moment they're asking for it. And again, we're not teaching them to be super happy. Um, we're just trying to teach them how to handle it. Just like we do if we're, let's say at a restaurant and we uh, don't, the, the meal that we wanted to order, they're out of it. Or our vacation is coming to an end and we have to go back to work or our boss gives us an assignment that we, you know, maybe it's not our favorite thing to do. Uh, we somehow are able to move on and keep going. Um, so what the tolerant response will look like is going to depend on the individual student and what their vocal abilities or maybe their sign abilities are like. But we teach the student to do this calmer, this tolerant response after we've said, nope, we can't do it right now. It's probably going to involve some errorless uh, teaching. And then this is that, remember I said there was the first tricky part? This is the second tricky part. As soon as they do that calmer and more tolerant response, we reinforce them with access to whatever they initially asked for. And this, I say it's tricky because it sometimes catches people off guard. They might be thinking like, what? I just said, no, I'm not going to turn around and give them what they just asked for anyway. That doesn't make sense. But here's my explanation. We want this calm and tolerant response to continue, right? We want this to be a skill that the student can do in the future. So we have to reinforce it. And the best way to reinforce it is by providing the student with whatever they're asking for, like right now. That They're telling us what they're really motivated for right now. So that would be the best, most powerful reinforcer. And what it might look like is this. Uh, let's say that a student is playing with magnetiles and the teacher says, okay, time to put those away. We have to get some work done. And the student kind of begrudgingly says, oh, okay, but doesn't have any problem behavior. The teacher would then say, that was so nice and calm. Never mind, you can keep playing. Because from the, stu the student's perspective, when they said, oh, okay, it was really effective. It worked. So they're more likely to do it again in the future. Yes, yes, yes. I love this. And 
because my poor children have a special ed teacher and BCBA for mom, I do this with my own kids. Yes. And her tolerant response is bummer man. That's what we <laughs> like worked at. Like bummer man. That's super so cute. So we're like, okay, you have to clean up and she'll go bummer man. Aww. And now she knows because I've done this many times. Like, okay, actually you can keep playing or, you know, actually you can. So she'll like sometimes kind of, but sometimes now I say, nope, you know, it's just time to clean up. We got to leave. So she'll kind of always pause she'll like bummer man. And she knows that's what she should say and she kind of looks and she's like okay she really means it she like keeps cleaning yeah it doesn't always look so beautifully but in in, on occasion yes um and you just made me think of so many of my own examples um but depending on the student how you move forward from this point like after you've taught that bummer man or that okay that tolerant response how you move forward it could be a little different um and if anybody listening is interested in learning more, and hopefully at this point you're like, yes, this is exactly what I need, you have to look into the work by Dr. Greg Hanley and his team at FTF Behavioral Consulting because you won't be stuck at this phase forever. Like you will move forward, you will get to a point where the student doesn't um, or does stop what they're doing, they do participate in your amazing instructional activities that you plan. Um, they're gonna get to a point where they can hear, like, no, you can't have that right now, and they're gonna be able to move on. But it it doesn't just happen overnight and it doesn't happen without the team being really specific with their planning and then data collection that guiding them. Yes. I will link um, Dr. Hanley's website. I will also link like a very brief summary blog post that I wrote on this as well that links to Hanley's website. Um, and, you know, I, we, Abby and I's goal was to really give you a taste of the good <laughs> stuff because this is, this is like she said, really powerful and can have really a major impact on, you know, how you teach communication strategies and then the level of independence your kids can have later. So I hope that, you know, this piqued everyone's interest. <laughs> I hope so too. Can I share one more piece of advice? Yes, I know we're trying please. to keep this brief. No, um, please. And, and you sort of hit on this. My last piece of advice would be to throw a couple of surprises at the student. Um, first, when they ask for things appropriately. So we, we got the student really good at asking for things. And then we started this new delay denial tolerance, but don't forget to keep going back and sometimes giving them what they've asked for when they've you know used that ideal um, targeted response. And then sometimes, even when you've gotten to the point where they're, they're engaging in instruction, still go back and reinforce that really calm response. Um, and my, you, know, you triggered this, uh, my thought was, here's my personal example. Sometimes I tell my kids um, they have to get off their iPads because I need them to do something else. Usually it's like unload the dishwasher and I'm not expecting them to be thrilled and be like, thank you, mom. You provide me <laughs> with such amazing parenting. Um, but you know what I do like is my daughter is like, she has the best like huff and puff and sigh. So she'll be like, oh, fine, but that's okay. That to me is a calm enough response that sometimes I try to reinforce it and I'll be like, hey, you put the iPad down, you listened to me. I really appreciate when you do that. You can have five more minutes playing your game. So I try to keep throwing these surprises their way. As Dr. Hanley says, you keep the hope alive. Like yep. this skill still works for me once in a while. Yeah. Variety, man. It's that's, yes. that's really the key. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much, Abby. This is such, I can know you're like super passionate about this. So it's really, really fun to talk about. And I'll put loads of links for everyone in the show notes so you can definitely learn more about this. And thank you so much, Abby, for sharing all of your ideas and your examples, because it really helps illustrate what this looks like. Yes. Thank you again for having me and letting me talk about one of my preferred topics. <laughs> Thanks, Abby. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Autism Helper podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to hear more, hit subscribe. 
it would mean a lot to me if you left some feedback. Whether I'm working one-on-one with a student, doing a podcast like this one, or presenting for a PD, my goal is always to provide as much value as I can. So your feedback really helps me make sure I'm doing just that. If you have other topics you'd like me to cover, leave in the feedback or message me on social media. You can follow me at The Autism Helper on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest, or visit my website, theautismhelper.com. Thanks again for listening. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Having the right resources for your classroom is essential to making sure your classroom is running smoothly. At the Autism Helper Shop, we have all of the resources you need to make sure you have the behavior, communication, and curriculum supports for your students. Within our shop, we have adapted books, task cards, resources aligned to the VB map and the ABLES, behavior plan flowcharts, data sheets, curriculum. Everything you need, whether you are an early childhood teacher or a high school teacher, we have all of the resources that will meet those students' needs. So head over to shop.theautismhelper.com to check out all of our resources.